Hello, everyone. This is Eric Kennington with the Spirit of EQ, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. Today's episode is Helping Others Find Value in Themselves. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. Joining me as always is Jeff East with the Spirit of EQ. Hello, Jeff. How are you? Hi, Eric, and everyone listening. So, uh, Jeff, you know, when you gave me the title uh, for the show today and I, I thought about the, what we were going to be talking about, I started kind of going down this part, you know, thinking about how we value things, whether it's a house or whether it's uh, like, you know, a gym as it relates to jewelry. Um, and obviously we're talking about human beings, but can we actually put a price value on human beings? And obviously the answer is no, you can't. But what kind of value are you speaking of when you came up with this? Well, if, if you're looking to get something, um, you know, we both talked about our music stuff. And, you know, if I, if I want a new bass, I'm going to put some effort into getting what I need to do to get that bass. And what I'm talking about is a, a, mm-hmm. an effort value that you can put into someone else? What can you do to help that person understand that they are valuable, that they are something worthwhile? So the value or the effort is what I'm talking about. What can we do? What uh, of that kind of capital can we invest in someone else? So I I would imagine that, uh, you know, I think about our competencies and our model and one that just leaps off is empathy. Mm -hmm. Um, But, um, I'm sure there'll be others, but, um, before we start down that pathway of me looking at competencies, why don't you unwrap a little bit more, uh, about where we're going here? Okay. Well, to start with, I think for me, this is important because, you know, we've talked about noble goal. We have an episode about that. And my noble goal is to help people find the art in themselves, that there's something beautiful at yeah. their core. And, and that's their value is, is what is at their core. So there's that. And then, then I look at things. Uh, my wife, Michelle, works for a company called Open Arms Health System, and their goal is to help people with all different kinds of disabilities, adults, uh, physical, mental, emotional, to the ultimate goal is to get them out in the community working a job. But the biggest thing they're doing is they're showing that these people can have value despite all their handicaps, things that are that they're dealing with, that they are important, that they are worth something. You mentioned that, and uh, and maybe we, I, I think sometimes people they forget that um, not everybody might be as pleased about who they are or have the same level of self esteem uh, that. 
that we might carry. Um, how important is it to like consider the fact that maybe somebody came from a home where maybe they were told as a kid, you are not worth anything. That's, that's something to keep in mind. You know, they could have felt that way because they were told, you know, maybe they might've had a, a difficult time in school with academics, but maybe they're great with their hands. They, you know, maybe their carpentry skills are the best around. We don't know where they're coming from. So, when you're talking with someone, when you're having that interaction, remember you don't know why they're feeling this way. So in the work that your wife does with this organization, what are some of the ways that they attempt to help those with disabilities understand that they have value? Well, one of the things they do is they are considered employees they they come in and they they have some developmental things that they do but they have a job that's with the company whether it could be uh if if their uh abilities only allow them to maybe shred paper with paper shredders they do that or the the crew the people that my wife works with is uh they do the, the building maintenance, which is cleaning, and then they have vans, and so they, they help with the mechanics of the vans. But they get a paycheck, too. So every two weeks, they get a paycheck. It's not a lot of money, but they, they actually have a piece, you know, something that shows I did something and I got rewarded for it with the idea of, you know, going out in the world and maybe getting a job in the quote-unquote real world, whatever that is right now. Right, right. And I, 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 if I'm hearing you uh, correctly, there is a connection between that earning of something for the effort that they put into, whether it's something small, something medium, something big. Mm-hmm. Is that part of the deal, too? Yeah. That, they, that's an important facet of the program. Yeah, p- part of it is the, the actual monetary. So, you know, if they're saving up to buy a, an Xbox or something. But the other thing is, is when somebody like my wife said, you did a really good job today. I'm, I'm proud of how you did. Uh, you know, you did everything I asked and you did great. That's just as important and um, showing their value that she took time to recognize that and then went the next step and said, Thanks. You did a great job. Yeah, because, Jeff, I kind of look at this and, and say, you know, uh, you know, oftentimes work is always equated with how much, right, money was made. Mm-hmm. But the reality is I think that work provides a fertile ground to sort of open up the doors to, to show empathy, to show uh, concern, care, mm-hmm. appreciation. Um, it, it's really a powerful construct that goes way beyond just how much money did I make? Exactly. Yes. That it's, um, well, if you look at a lot of studies that have shown salary is not usually the biggest thing that drives somebody to look for another job. It's how they're valued where they work is probably the most important. Yeah. And I think that maybe that's because of the way that we're wired as human beings. I mean, this, this idea of hearing someone say thank you or you did a great job is, um, I think, a common thread for, for most all of humankind. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other things that you think relate here as it relates to that 
helping people find uh, the value in themselves. It's it's uh, going to take you time to invest in that other person. You're going to need to show them that you care. And one of the ways that I see that is uh, I've been involved in the Kairos prison ministry for 30 years at least. And we spend a lot of time with these groups of residents. Uh, if you're interested more, you can look it up. It's K-A-I-R-O-S is how you spell it. But the idea that we're coming into the prison for the weekend, actually three and a half days, and investing our time into them shows them that we care about them, that we think they're valuable enough for us to invest the time, and then we treat them like, I hate to say it this way, but a normal person. We're not talking about why are they there. We're not talking about how long are you going to be here, that kind of thing. It's We're treating them like a person and showing interest in them as a person. And yes, the, the, the spiritual part of it is very important, but I think the biggest part of this ministry is giving them value back as a person. So I got a, uh, maybe a little uh, different type of question, uh, Jeff, as it relates to the, the prison mm-hmm. piece. It just really kind of occurred to me. Like, why do you think people would not show others the value that they have in themselves? What, what do you think are the blocks for people to show that kind of level of compassion? I, I think there's a lot of them. I think one of them is that if you don't value yourself, you're not going to be able to show anyone else value because mm. you don't have any place to start. Um, you might feel afraid to do it, you know, to show somebody that because, you know, you might make yourself vulnerable to them. Um, and you also might feel that it's not coming across as, um, sincere. I'm just kind of patting them on their head. And that's not going to, mm-hmm. if you're really showing them empathy and showing them that you care, it's not going to come across like that. They'll figure it out. And you know what, uh, Jeff, I'm going to kind of, uh, go back to your, uh, first possible reason that it is, if not impossible, hard to, show another person the value if you don't see it in yourself. And I think that is the um, 800-pound gorilla in the corner of the room, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, America, the United States, where we're at, uh, 2020 has made it much more challenging. But before COVID, America provided a lot of places to hide. Yes. A lot of masks to wear. Um, giving the appearance that, no, I'm, I'm doing awesome. I am great and I'm successful and I'm, I, I know a lot and I, you know, all those different things. And hear me out, audience. I'm not saying that those things don't have value. So, however, if you are using those things as a mask or a way of creating a, uh, a wall to protect you from the truth that you know uh, is, is inside of yourself, meaning that you don't see value, um, it's, 
it can be toxic to your, your well being. And I guess, Jeff, I'm thinking about it. You know, this is one of the reasons why we do the work we do is for people to begin that journey of looking at what lies beneath the surface, right? The iceberg idea. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think my gut is the more we can kind of address how we see ourselves uh, increases the likelihood of us being able to show value to others. And, um, you know, I just, I, it just, when you were saying that, it just kind of really kind of leaped out in my head. Well, I've, I've said it, you've said it, you know, dozens of times, if you can't give yourself some empathy, you're never really going to understand who you are. If all you can think about are the things that you don't like about yourself, you're never going to find the things that you do like about yourself. Well, you know, and, and just so that our audience knows, and I know we've, we've gone into deeper dive about solutions and suggestions, and, and I'm sure we'll do that today. But for those people in the audience that maybe heard those voices for years about them not having the value, and you just mentioned self-empathy, what's one or two maybe small things, steps they could take to maybe turn it around to a different direction. What would you say in that regard? One of the things that that I've done is do a review of your day and, and what did I really get done today? What did I do that I'm proud of? And it could be a big thing. It could be, you know, I completed some huge job at work and, you know, saved the company, you know, a million dollars. Or it could be, you know, I'm really happy with how I talked to that person at the Seven uh, Eleven today, the one that was waiting on me. I I took time to ask her how she was doing, or ask him how they were doing. I I like that. That was a good thing. So it doesn't have to be a huge thing, but just what did you do that day that made a difference? That you know you accomplished. <clears throat> So what do you think about uh, the idea of, um, and again, I'll kind of go into some of our competencies, um, this idea of consequential thinking, um, evaluating Mm. with curiosity, maybe those, those voices, right? Mm -hmm. And, and we've talked about it in previous episodes, the power of curiosity um, and embracing curiosity before you, or exhausting curiosity, before you move to judgment. Yeah. And maybe maybe when those voices are coming at you, evaluate them. Maybe mm-hmm. without judgment. Okay, all right, I'm hearing that voice of my dad that said, you're, you're not valuable. Okay, let me, let me look at it from curiosity. Okay, when did he say that? How, how often did he say it? And what was his motivation? Why would he have said that to me? What was my dad's background? What did he hear potentially from his dad? Mm-hmm. And then maybe one of the most powerful, Jeff, is do I have to agree with that? Right. Is it Because if, if I disagree with my dad's opinion of me, maybe he was just wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was just wrong. And if, and if he was wrong and I'm not agreeing with his opinion of me, maybe I can choose another path. 
Maybe yeah. I can I can apply some empathy. You see where I'm going with that? Yeah, and you know, you, you think about it. What are the consequences of me listening to that? What's gonna happen if I listen yeah. to that? You know, yeah. Where where yeah. is this going to yeah. take me? It's it's not gonna take you anywhere. And you know, the biggest thing that I think we need to think about is I am not that person that I I am not the person that I was when I heard that. I, I just you know, you you got me thinking, um and I, I don't know if I've shared this on our podcast episode of uh, one of the episodes before. Um we were doing a uh, a Zoom call um, where we had invited clients and you know people who maybe had just shown interest in in, in our work, uh, and we were doing it post COVID nineteen shutdowns, uh, at least in our area, uh, about you know how to how emotional intelligence can help you with the new normal, and you know we had guests on people there. And uh, we were doing it in an interview format like we've done in the podcast. And um, we got Zoom bombed. And I, I know you know what that is. And the audience, I'm sure you do as well, as much as people have been on Zoom in this last eight months or so. Um, and it happened. And uh, they were, this wasn't very long after the incident with George Floyd. And uh, they were firing away, Jeff with a lot of different expletives and, and words that begin with N and mm-hmm. things like that. So we navigated, got out of there, got it repurposed after and on and on and on. And we got the call through. But one of the things I, I had a call with one of the people that was on the show or on the uh, webinar who apologized to me. He said, I'm really sorry that you had to, to hear those words and uh, to uh, to experience that, and I said, "Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't very nice." I, I agree with you, and I, and I felt more of my um, uh, empathy was towards you guys as the audience. And he said, "I understand, but man, that had to be tough to hear." And I said, "You know, I got to tell you something. Um, the only way that could have really been a, an impactful and harmful thing to me." is if I agreed with them. Mm. I said, if I don't, if I don't agree with your assessment of me, then guess what? The problem is yours, not mine. And you know, Jeff, and I know you know this, that really kind of speaks to where we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was your dad that had the problem and he was just using, telling you that you're not worth anything as a way of maybe he was filling in a ditch or maybe he was just frustrated because he wasn't able to, to mm-hmm. deal with something and you just happen to be on the receiving end. And don't get me wrong. I'm not minimizing the power of those words. I'm not at all. I'm just talking about, and just like you said, maybe, maybe I should evaluate where is it taking me when I start listening to those voices and believing them. So, but, so I don't want to pivot here. You mentioned some other things, uh, pre recording of the show, uh, that you were kind of wanting to touch on. Can you open some of those up for, for the audience? Yeah. I, I found a, a list of things that somebody thinks is helpful and I really like it. 
Uh, there's 10 of them, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on them. I can just, just start through. And the first one they have is offer encouragement. Um, and I kind of like the example. If you're at the restaurant, you know, when we're allowed to do that again, and the order doesn't come back right, and, the, you know, the, the waiter, waitress, the server is apologizing for it, don't get angry, you know. Just say a kind word to them. Say, hey, you're busy. You know, you've got 10 other tables that you're taking care of. And and it might not have been you. It could have been the, the cook didn't get it right. But just offer some encouragement when you see somebody having a situation that they may not be happy with. You know, if they're a good server, they're going to want to take care of you the right way, take care of you well. And they might have lost value of themselves because it got messed up. But don't let it become a, a a tool to use against them, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What else from the list that leaked out for you? <laughs> this is the easiest one. Smile and take the time to ask, how are you? But really mean it, which means you're going to have to take the time to do it. You know, if you're in the line at the grocery store or whatever, or the person that is in the cubicle next to you, if you say, how are you, really mean it, and you want them to tell you how they are, and then take the time to listen, and then respond to what they said. And you can tell that. And you know what about that one, Jeff? You know, uh, as you mentioned that, what I have done, uh, maybe you've tried this as well, right? Mm-hmm. Is asking someone, how are you doing? And I really mean, how are you doing? <laughs> yes. Uh, because I think, I think sometimes, right, people say, well, how are you? And they go, well, I'm fine or I'm good. But you might get someone to open up a little more and understand that you do value them, right? Mm-hmm. If you repeat that. Right. And, you know, they, how are you? And they go, okay, well, you can tell they're not okay. And you go, wait a minute, yeah. what's really going on? And they may want to not talk. Yeah. They may want to talk. But you just have to make yourself available for that. That's that investment of yourself into this. And we realize, right, Jeff, that, you know, you, you've kind of got to have a good sense about the depth of the relationship mm-hmm. to be able to go there. I, I, I totally understand that if, if I'm in line with a stranger in a grocery store, uh, or I'm talking to the cashier or whatever, uh, I might not be able to do that. Well, how are you really doing? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So they might look at me like, what's wrong with you? Uh, so please audience, um, yeah. you know, you kind of got to evaluate and, and understand, you know, that depth again. In, in my previous life career, I had customers that I would be out in their homes, out in, the, in their uh, place of businesses, and I would get to know them. And I can't begin to tell you amount of the time where somebody broke down is not the right word, but somebody had a very emotional response and wanted to talk. You don't know. You just don't know. The next thing is don't give, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt when you are doing this. Uh, Don't assume that they're out to get you. Don't assume that they're incompetent. They might just be having a bad day. They just might have had a something that happened to them 
that puts them in this mood. So give them the benefit of the doubt and treat them with the same respect you would if they were upbeat and happy. Uh, show them that you you value them value them enough that you're not going to let their attitude affect how you feel against them, feel about them. Yeah, it's interesting too, Jeff. Uh, you're uh, you're pointing this one out. I I listened to a uh, podcast recently uh, with Joe Rogan, uh, and he had as his guest um, Matthew McConaughey, the actor. Uh huh. And uh, there was a part in there where they they were talking about relationships. And he said, I immediately, when I meet someone, I start with full trust. And he said, I don't uh, change that unless they show me reasons to uh, diminish the level of trust. Uh, And I thought that was pretty profound, especially in the industry that he works. Uh, But, I mean, think about the power of that. Um, and, and notice, he didn't say, oh, I have to keep it at trust no matter what. He basically said, I'm going to start here, and if you show me that I don't, I have reasons not to trust you, then, yeah, it can get to a place where you can lose it. Mm-hmm. But I just think that's pretty, that it was pretty profound in you, the way that you mentioned that as well. This next one is give of your resources, and sometimes it could be a physical monetary resource. But once again, I want to emphasize that what we're talking about is much deeper than just something material. You're giving yourself, uh, which is the when you get right down to it, is the most valuable thing you possess is who you are. And if you're able to give that yeah. to someone, they're going to see that what you're giving is valuable and they're going to feel that value themselves that you took the time to do it. And, and when you're doing this, ask the questions. We kind of talked on that with, you know, how are you, but if it's somebody that you do have a, a, a deeper relationship with, ask questions that make them, you know, answer. You know, one of the things that we learn when we're learning to be a coach is don't ask something that's a yes or no. You know, you you ask them. You know, tell me. You know, what is really going on? Why? What is happening here? And then the best thing is listen well, which basically means don't think about your next question or the next thing you're going to say. Which a lot of people do that. I have to watch with that. Uh, but give them your full attention so you're actually hearing what they're saying, how they're saying it, uh, what the emotions are in that. So just listen to it. And then offer to help if you're able. And it could be anything. Um, I've seen my wife do this. We're at the store, and the, the person stocking the shelves, their pallet falls over. My wife helps, even though it's an inconvenience because we can't get through that aisle now. She helps them pick it up or or whatever. She is great about that. And that shows that person, instead of getting mad at them, I'm willing to help you. But this offer to help might just be as simple as somebody's having a bad day. Continue to offer to listen, to be there for them. It's interesting, you know, you mentioned that, um, in his respect about doing something, you know, with the tangible in a tangible way. And, um, many people, especially 
in the United States in 2020 with so many different things that are happening that seem to be um, totally out of our control and spiraling at times, Mm -hmm. right? I think about that and I go, you know, there's a wise statement that um, one of our former guests um, used in in one of the episodes about, you know, do what you can with what you have. Mm-hmm. And, and I would expand that to be do what you can with what you have, where you're at. Uh-huh. And so if something, if there's some injustice that happens in, again, using the United States as an example, in Seattle, Washington, uh, Jeff, I don't think if I called you up and said, Jeff, we got to get on a plane and get to Seattle. <laughs> That's probably not very realistic. No. But you know what we, but I think we could sit down with one another and kind of talk about, well, what could we do where we're at? Mm-hmm. And you don't live in my neighborhood. You're, you're like uh, miles away from where I live as I'm from you, mm-hmm. but maybe there's something that there's an opportunity in your neighborhood that you can do or in your suburb or city. And there's something that I could do here. And if someone says, well, no, cause they're not having that problem that they had in Seattle. Well, uh, maybe you could uh, support financially an organization that's working to solve that problem. And if you say, well, I don't have any money. I don't have the kind of money to be able to do that. Okay, well, uh, you know, here's a very powerful one. Uh, I know some people believe in it, some people don't, but I know for me, I I can always pray. Yeah. Right? Uh Uh-huh. I I can do that. I could, I could reach out to an organization here locally and say, do you have anybody that's experiencing that problem? And maybe I don't have any money to do, but I could volunteer my time. Mm-hmm. I could, I, I could offer to donate something that I have a value that they could use to repurpose or resell so that they could support that effort. I think that kind of illustrates again, your example with, with your wife. Do what you can with what you have, where you're at. Mm-hmm. One of the ways to help is offer to help. Uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed about my previous career was when I got to spend time out in the field with our technicians. And when I could see a technician, which kind of goes into the next one, which is be honest, when I could see a technician maybe having trouble with taking care of this situation with their customer, I could be honest about it and say, hey, I see you're having a problem with this. Let me help you learn how to take care of this in maybe a different way you haven't thought of. And when they would accept that, I felt good because I was helping them, and I knew they appreciated it because I was taking the time to do this with them. It wasn't really technically my job. I was not a trainer, but taking the time to show that. Yeah, and the be honest part is important. You don't want to be mean and angry and, and vindictive with honesty, but you need you, know, you need to get everybody on the same level where you know that you're both talking about the same thing, and that can only happen with honesty. You know, some people feel like, um, and I think it's one of the most common forms of dishonesty because people feel pressured to do it, and that is, you know, hey, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm. Uh, how are you? Or, or yeah, 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 I'll, 
let me let me look into that. But they really don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But they're saying it because they feel pressure to. And and I remember a coaching client that I said once. I said to once. I said, you know, you're you're not you're not as your most functioning self at this time of the day. And they readily agreed. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what if you, what if you told people that? And it was just as if they went, oh, you mean I can do that? And I go, yeah, what would happen? Mm-hmm. What would happen if you said to your whatever audience, group, team, hey, look, everyone, um, I really don't really get the fire going until after nine thirty, and I and I I know I can't always have it the way I want it, but <laughs> if you guys could maybe recognize that, it might help as we work together. And maybe you have some things that maybe you need me to know, mm-hmm. because sometimes Jeff, people just walk around with assumption. Yeah. Oh, you know, they're not this or they're not that, right? Yeah, and that's your. You know, one of our competencies is navigating emotions, but you're actually navigating that other person. If you know that before 930, you know, as much as possible, you know, let them alone because that's just who they are. You're navigating who they are, and that is very much showing them value. I understand that you're not a morning yeah. person, and I value you enough yep. that I'll wait until – you know, your, your happy time to, uh, to, to yeah, ask you this, well, you know, and yeah. And in general, I mean, I, I have this in my own personal life, Jeff. I mean, I know from, I've been married for 29 years and I know that it's not a good idea to bring to my wife something really heavy at 1030 at night. <laughs> it, 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 it just doesn't go well. And I show her respect, love, and value by just saying to myself, you know what? It's 1030. I'd really like to work this out, but you know what? It can wait until the morning light. And she is infinitely more engaged and more concerned and more compassionate, all of those different things when she's had the opportunity of a new day. Mm-hmm. And that, so your your point's well taken. I just thought about that. And and if we just would take the time, maybe, and we can ask people, can't we? Yeah. Can't we say, hey, Jeff, hey, when we record the podcast, do you need me to, like, have three pages of content and points so that you would be best served? I don't want three pages of, of verbiage and text and bullet points. Mm-hmm. Let's just stick with boom, boom, boom. All right. Well, Jeff, what if I came into the recording with three pages of text and bullet points? That's me kind of showing that I don't really value you. Right? Yeah. And um, the, the only way you know that is you could either ask me those questions or we've done it enough that you know that. So you've, you've invested yeah, in me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. All right. What else do we got well, uh, on that list of yours? It, on here, they call it serve without being asked. And that kind of goes back to give of your resources. If you see someone, let, let's say it, it's at work and they have a whole bunch of stuff to collate and you hate collating, but you have a half an hour 
okay, I'm going to go over there and help them collate, even though I hate it. Uh, you're showing them value because you're helping them out. They didn't ask for it. You come over, hey, I see you got a lot to do. Can I help you? That shows that you're interested yeah, enough of them in them that you value them yeah. enough that you want to help. Like think about in this age we're in where so much is virtual and work from home, mm-hmm. right? So maybe you're not in the office as much. But Jeff, in our world, I mean, I got to tell you, man, there have been times I've asked you to help on a on a on a Zoom call to monitor the chat. Mm-hmm. I I'm not a great I'm not a great multitasker. So having someone who so, Jeff, I, you've done it. You said, hey, do you want me to monitor the chat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and that shows value uh, because you know that I'm not a great multitasker. So offering to help, it doesn't mean everybody out there that you couldn't do it if you had to, right? I mean, because, Jeff, you know that if I had to do it on my own, I could. But, wow, if somebody, and, and in our case, you and I, if you said to me, Hey, if you want me, I can join and I'll just monitor the chat. That's value for mm-hmm. me. And it's because I took the time to know that about you. And that's the yeah, investment. Exactly. Again, you're investing you, your time. And, you know, invite, ask them into your life some way or another. That does not mean you need to invite them home for dinner and, you know, things like that. But, uh, Okay, we're in Ohio, we are in Columbus, Ohio, and the biggest sports is Ohio State football. So if everything goes right yeah, this year, no they're going to win the national yeah. championship. Okay? That's what's going to happen. So you go into work the next day, and everybody's excited, and you see this person sitting over there that's not involved in the conversation. You go, hey, did you watch, you know, bring them into your group. Hey, did you see the game last night? You know, invite them in. You've shown them value because you noticed that they weren't involved in this, and you asked them to come join you. Yeah, and what if that person really has, like, zero interest in Ohio State or in a national championship game? You know, and if they just said to you, nah, I'm, I'm really not into uh, college football, it would give you or me maybe the opportunity to say, well, what kind of sports are you into? Exactly. Uh, you know what? The only sport really is I like soccer. I like the MLS soccer. Boom. There's an opportunity to ask them, well, what do you like about soccer? Did you play when you were in school? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was like the biggest deal. All of a sudden, what started as a conversation exclusive to national championship college football, potentially Ohio State. Now you've just shown value to someone who thought they didn't have a place in the conversation, right? Right. And even if they don't want to continue into the conversation, you've given them the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and that's typically what people, that's enough for them. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you, you want to you know, do that, and you want to be patient. One of the one of the words they used in this this thing that I found is is give grace and there's a spiritual term of grace, but then just giving somebody grace means you have no expectations from them. You're you don't yeah. expect something back. So be patient. Maybe 
they're not going to be able to accept your attempts to show them value today. Don't give up. Try it tomorrow. But that doesn't that go to uh, what we started when we were talking about the competency around empathy? Mm-hmm. It, be patient. I think those go hand in hand, right? Exactly. You can't you can't show empathy if you don't have some patience, because somebody that needs empathy yeah. is having a bad day. They're not going to yep. snap right out of it normally. So. You know, I we've talked about it before, but Benet Brown has an extremely good short little video about empathy. If you just YouTube Benet Brown and empathy, and what it talks about is being there and showing patience. Uh, I would highly recommend you take a peek at that video, but it's it's a cartoon, and I think it's the giraffe is the one that shows patience for the bear that's having a bad day. I might be wrong, but yeah, just be patient. All right. So, yeah, yeah that's powerful. All right. So as we uh, get to uh, getting close to the close here, Jeff, of today's uh, episode, uh, anything else about that uh, from that list that you'd want to point out for the audience? You know, we've said it and I'm going to keep saying it, practice it. Just, just try. Yeah. You know, don't expect. Yeah, you don't have to do big things, right? Yeah. You know, it could be as simple as when you go into work or when you get on the Zoom call tomorrow, ask how are you and mean it. Okay? Just do that. And it becomes easier. So yeah. I, that would be, I think, the biggest thing is, is just work at it and do what you're comfortable with. Yeah, and Jeff, I mean, we have said it in, uh, whether it's in workshops or coaching sessions, you know, the reality of it is, um, is that those that are willing to show up and put in the work, they will get results. Mm-hmm. That's almost close to being a guarantee. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, I think that's great that you bring that out. So that's, brings our episode to a close everyone out there and we do appreciate you tuning in and hopefully you've enjoyed it and as always uh, we look forward to the next time that we're together hi everyone this is eric pennington with the spirit of eq i'm not introducing a new episode today i'm here to tell you some things that might help you jeff you're with me as always so how do people get in touch with us well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them. So reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, yes. you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So to we're, hear- we're not the perfect podcast host. We're close. Okay, all but, right, but, but not, still, not totally. We want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media: LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you.
Hi everyone, this is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them. So reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So we're, we're not the perfect podcast host. We're close. Okay. But, all right. But, but not, still, not totally we want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it'll, it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based, and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.